T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Years passed too much. That, that's my thing. They passed too much. Yeah, it got down to a point where it was four guys who didn't want to shoot the ball, trying to overpass it. And when you're overpassing against a good, a good defense, yeah, so we get turnovers. You know why I'm good at passing when I hoop with my team, Sam? It's because I can't shoot and I can't score. So I'm a really good passer because my first thought is, who am I going to pass it to? Uh, I am tired. Andy's, Andy's not pulling up from 30. I am not. I'm not pulling up from anywhere. Um, the problem with Sean Livingston, Iguodala, and Draymond on the court is they're busy hot potatoing to each other as fast as they can, and Steph is running around 14 different screens, but three guys are tracking him on those screens, so as quickly as you can pass it, it doesn't matter. And so, and as much as those guys' passing ability has defined the Warriors' uh, ball the last five years, it's always been having the balance. You love having correct. a guy like Iguodala or Draymond who kind of ties it all together and is the glue guy. But if it's all glue guys not looking to shoot the ball, well, then you're just passing it around. Yeah, what are we gluing together at that point? We got a lot of glue. I don't really don't know what we're gluing together. Um, and so you almost kind of the balance is right. You almost want Steph to be running a little bit more. Just hey, ISO pick and roll, just to get guys the ball. Where you know they got a lot of they got a lot of Quinn Cook and Jonas Jerebko open shots all series. Those guys just couldn't make them. Um, let's uh, let's keep rolling here. Um, let's see if we can clear this out before Mo Dockhill from the Washington Post comes on uh, after uh, after the break. Uh, we got Vegas in San Francisco. How does that make sense? Vegas, how's it going? Good. How you guys doing? <laughs> Good. Is your name really Vegas? Uh, no. So I'm actually, uh, my name is Vahor. I'm Persian. So I wanted to give a big shout out Shouts to Sam, Sam for representing the, the Persian community so well in yeah. the public. Uh, Thank you, I, sir. My nickname is Vegas, so it's a lot easier than to get my name butchered on the air. So that's Sam won't butcher it. You'll, you'll be good. Awesome. Awesome. So I wanted to quickly talk about um, something I noticed this year that I thought was really interesting, and I, I'm going to say myself was involved in this, but it seemed that in the middle of the year, there was a lot of talk about KD and, and the coddling the offense had to do. There were stories about players being upset. The ball you know, was slowing down. It was stopping with him. And how the injury really – potentially expanded or extended the dynasty because now it's clear KD is a must keep uh, and and the injury really I think to me was the turning point because you know post injury it was something that you know obviously was clear we need KD back in order to continue the dynasty so I wanted to get your thoughts on if there was really actually a lot of positive in the fact that the injury took place and that uh, that you know they lost in the finals and kind of hear what you guys think about that. Thank you, Vegas. Um, I never want to call um, potentially career-changing injuries a positive, um, but it did bring the team closer together. Um, it's easy to kind of look at how, how I guess, effortless they made the last few seasons look and kind of get to a point where they took it all for granted. And I feel like the last month and a half was kind of a reminder of how fragile it all is and kind of brought everyone back together, not just the players, but the fans. Like the, the outpour I've seen from the fans uh, after this last week with two terrible injuries has just been just kind of just a, a big reminder to how special this whole run has been. Special. 
and it still is. And I think a lot of a lot of other fans tend to say, "Hey, you should have won four titles. You should have won five, or something like that." Man, nothing is guaranteed. Like, look at the Miami Heat. Look at the Lakers. Look at all these teams that have lost in the finals. None of these things were ever going to truly happen until it actually did happen. So, um, and you take health for granted so yeah. much. Like you, yeah. you look at like Kobe and Shaq three peating, or Jordan and Pippen three peating twice. I don't remember any time in those runs where either of those guys got seriously injured. Yeah. You know, you and you kind of you kind of take for granted. You just assume no one's ever going to get seriously injured. You know, maybe maybe someone will get a little knocked up here or there, like Steph was in 2016. Uh, but you don't think something like this will happen. Yeah. No, exactly. And this is this is this is as bad as it gets from an injury perspective. So, um, three minutes. Yeah. We, let's let's do this. Um, Let's go to Sierra, Sierra in Atlanta. How you doing? Yep. Hello. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Recap of the year. Let's do this. Great. Let me get through it real quick. So first, I maybe you guys can get to this later, but I was wondering what you guys might think about Damian Lee maybe being a part of the team because I know he got kicked off like for the postseason roster, but he's he's to me is a little bit better than Quinn Cook, even though Cook has the experience, but what I want to say about the season is this has literally been one of the most exciting postseasons that I've witnessed. And even though we lost, it didn't feel like a loss to me. I mean, well, it, it hurt me really deeply when Katie and Clay got injured. But seeing this team liter- literally rally around each other, I mean, I haven't seen anything like it. I mean, they have multiple times to give up, to just stop trying. And they kept pushing through it. I mean, that that's that, if Steph would have hit that shot, we literally could have gone to a game seven. But after Clay got injured, I didn't want to see it. I didn't care about winning or losing. I just wanted everybody to be okay. So I'm really interested to see how the Warriors um, deal with this um, ne- for next season. But, I mean, this has literally been one of the most <laughs> crazy post postseasons um, ever. And I just hope it's not forgotten just because we lost. But knowing – how NBA Twitter is and just the community, it probably will be. But I just hope no one forgets it, at least in our fan base, how how well this team really did in the end. Thank you, Sarah. That's um, a great call. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like that's been the sentiment I've got the whole time. There's just a lot of reverence for this team the last five years, the toughness, the resiliency they showed um, down to the last game with all the injuries and everything. Yeah, that was uh... – in terms of something you'll never forget, like you'll look back on the Warriors, you know, who knows what happens in the next five years, but you'll look back on the Warriors 10 years, 20 years from now, and you'll say like the Warriors lost, you know, regardless of what happens, let's say, you know, let's say that this was the end of the dynasty or, hey, this was just a hiccup on the road to another two or three titles down the line. Whatever happens, you'll look back and you'll tell your kids or you'll tell whoever and say the Warriors lost in 2019, but they controlled the way that they lost it. They did everything that they could. They just weren't good enough because of injuries, because of the way the team was built, because of whatever. But there was nothing that they – they couldn't do anything more that they did than they did. And if one or two things had swung, one, maybe something would have changed. But there's no regret. I think most things in life, as long as you don't regret what happens in the future, you live with the results. And I think the Warriors will live with what happened in 2019. 
Uh, and oh man, we got to go to break. But uh, Patricia Elsarita, we'll get to you right after the break. We've got Mo Docchio on after that to talk about the Warriors from the Washington Post. Warriors World Radio, Andy Liu, Sam Svendiari. Now back to Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. Esfandiari. Warriors World Radio here. Uh, Sam Esfandiari. Andy Liu. Um, we will have Mo Dockill from the Washington Post joining us shortly. And then we'll have open phone lines the rest of the way. We want to hear you call in. Tell us your thoughts on the Warriors season what the Warriors should do next year in the face of these devastating injuries. You can call in 888-957-9570 or text the Chilton Autobody text line 95795. Uh, we still got a call here. We said we'd get to Patricia. So uh, on line five, Patricia from El Cerrito, you want to talk hi, panic Andy. mode. Hi, hi, Andy. Hi, Sam. Um, I wanted to uh, kind of co-sign what the young lady from Atlanta said, that I'll never forget the will that our guy showed. And the dynasty is not over. And maybe it's because I've been living in the Bay Area since the 80s when the Warriors games. But for the life of me, I can't even be that upset because we're, we were in the finals, okay? And I remember when there wasn't any dream of being in the finals. And we're also still the best team in the United States. So I'm good with everything that happened except the injuries. Of course, I'm very sad that Clay got injured and that KD got injured. But I have no doubt that uh, next year we'll be in the finals, uh, not the finals, the uh, playoffs, Ooh, even okay. if we're a, a low, you know, an eighth seed or something, and we'll be back in just a couple of years. So uh, the gloom and doom, I think, is the result of maybe people being recent Warriors fans because mm. even with this loss, we've come so far <laughs> from – you know, the identity of what we used to be. So when you were talking about uh, what will the identity of the Warriors be, the identity that we are right now, I'm good because it's so much better than we've historically have been. And maybe this isn't the I believe team, we believe team. Maybe we ought to call this the we endure team or come up with a moniker (laughs) for it so we remember this era or this game. But the team's not dead. I, I, I have complete confidence. And I'm looking forward to the Chase Center opening, and I'm looking forward to being there cheering them on. I think it's going to be fine. And by the way, Robin, who I love, I have to disagree. I like Quinn Cook. <laughs> I think he he contributed a lot during this whole run, and I think he's one we ought to keep. I agree with you, Patricia, by the way. Thanks for calling in. Um, I thought Quinn Cook played well. Um relative to expectations i just don't think you can ask for much more than they got and the warriors probably need some players who can do a little more than that going forward maybe we could get a robin uh robin and patricia uh conference call you know yeah duke it out um kind of kind of do our job for us me and sam don't argue enough um from the text line 415 oh my god we're still talking about the warriors loss this is warriors world radio andy lou sam is fendiari 4 to 6 p.m you know usually 4 to 7 p.m we're going to keep extending it. Yeah. By next season, we're going to go 24 hours straight. Get ready for it. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm down. Just, you know, just have a six-pack of Red Bulls. 
You know, get get Sam uh, some coffee. It'll be fine. You know, some sparkling water. He's always got this sparkling water next to like ugh, it's a LaCroix guy. Is that that's not LaCroix. Um anyway. Uh we've got Mo. We've got Mo Dockhill. He is on with us from the Washington Post. Mo, sir. Oh no, let me finish the introduction. You also did video scouting coordinating for the Los Angeles Clippers. Like well, let's not forget these credentials. Mo, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? <laughs> doing well, doing well. Glad, uh, glad you could jump, uh, jump in here. I know it's Father's Day, so I appreciate you jumping on. Um, we've got, we've got. Let's let's. I've started out every call. We've had Zach Harper come on last hour, and then we had Drew Schiller the hour before. I've started every one of them off with your just broad thoughts of the Warriors and and how the season ended so far. I mean, it's. Uh, Great season. Um, unfortunately, the way it ended with all the injuries is just kind of a bit brutal. And uh, in, in that sense, it's a, it's a tough way to see this. Um, I don't know if the dynasty is coming to an end or whatnot, but just to see this season come to an end the way a it brief did. interlude. We're we're gonna, we're calling it a brief interlude for right now. Oh, is that how we're gonna we're gonna call? Okay, so the brief interlude, um, you know, kind of comes to an end, just in the sense of like. It, it just sort of sucks because we didn't get to see them really all go down fighting together. Now, give the team credit. You know, they fought tooth and nail the whole way through the series. Um, injuries or whatnot, they they kind of kept battling. So I'm not too, uh, um, uh, like, down on the team. I just think it was just uh, – it just sort of sucks to not – injuries suck in general. So never getting to see the, the guys fully healthy – just sort of blows and, and the severity of the injuries. I think the, um, oh. the theme we've got from all the callers today is just kind of how proud they are of the fight of the team while also being sad. It just kind of, you know, why couldn't it have just been a, you know, a six week sprain where, you know, it's not really going to, you know, they'll be fine for next year as opposed to what it is. Um, I mean, but- the crazy thing about the injuries though, it's not just how, what it's done to the Warriors. I mean, it's really changed. I mean, these are two of the top three free agent targets. I mean, it's really rippled through the entire NBA. So everybody that had plans for something, um, you just have to recalculate and and shift and change everything. It's not just the Warriors who kind of felt this. It's it's across the league and and a major shakeup. So, I mean, that's also kind of what's uh, so kind of devastating on it. The, the, the injuries, just in the sense of we're going to lose a year of KD and, and possibly a year of Clay, just on the pure fact of uh, um, these injuries. We're, 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 it just hurts all around. Absolutely. Um, so I hate, I, I kind of feel dirty asking this question, but do you think the injury makes it more or less likely KD is going to stay? I see, I don't know. Um, here's the thing I think. He's going to get the his bag regardless. I think they're going to the Knicks are going to throw max money at him. Other teams are going to try to throw max money at him. Um, so I'm I'm not sure. I mean, there's definitely a comfort level with the Warriors. There was a Ramona Shelburne reporting kind of just some of the, the stuff that she had written in her in her piece. Kind of made you wonder, like, oh, he he might come back um, through the injury. So I don't really have a good feel for it. If I had to just kind of Yes, it makes the most sense to to stay uh, and rehab and then come back with the squad. Uh, but it's 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 a toss up, man. There's there's no way to predict, you know, 
what what him and Kawhi, those two guys are just such a who knows what's going to happen kind of situation. Uh, I, I I wouldn't feel comfortable wagering anything on them. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to Vegas and play some bets on either one. It's kind of funny. One of them uh, doesn't talk ever. The other one, you know, Katie, Katie, will, Katie will talk a lot, and we have no read for either of them after all these years. <laughs> right. uh, I was going to ask you one more question on the injury front with them, and then we can move to you know a less depressing topic. Uh, what should our realistic expectations for Clay and KD be after – their rehab and when they come back clay will be over 30 by the time he comes back for the acl um katie is going to be approaching 32 what what's really realistic for both of them okay so let's start with clay uh we've gotten well past the time when an acl was career threatening you know it's it's no longer that we've seen plenty of guys come back uh it, it always sucks when you're a little bit older and and in NBA terms, you know, 30 is, is still your prime, but you're, you're towards the back end of your prime. So I think for Clay, I don't think it's massively huge. Um, shooters struggle a little bit just because so much of your shot comes from your legs and, and having that base. But the, uh, but overall, I would expect Clay to make a full recovery. It wasn't like his game was predicated on crazy explosiveness. Um, so I think, you know, in that sense, I think he's, He's going to be all right. It's going to take a while. You know, I think the earliest I would expect him would be February, March. Um, and that's just kind of guessing it. KD, on the other hand, it gets, it gets tougher. Uh, the Achilles is not an easy thing to come back from in general. Uh, you, Warriors fans got to see it up close with Boogie. And the thing about it, too, is it's not just you got to be ready with your Achilles, it, it leads to other injuries. Like, you got to be taking care of your quad as we know with boogie your hamstring your calves everything and on both legs because your body tends to compensate or overcompensate for the injury over time so it takes a long time to come back you know it takes a year to kind of really just sort of be fully healthy and then it probably takes a few more months to almost a year to just kind of be back to normal and and, and feel that confidence in your in, in what you can do and then you know, with him, his game's a little bit more on the explosive side and in, in that regard. So it, it, he's going to lose a step. Like, he's not going to be the same. You don't come back from this and, and you're 100%. I think with the ACL, you can and, and be kind of the same guy. I think with this one, you're going to begin to see kind of KD lose a step or so uh, with, with this Achilles injury. Okay, so let me uh... – let me put you in the shoes of uh, Warriors management this summer because it is a huge summer coming up. Regardless if KD uh, and Clay resign, we, we think Clay is most likely resigning. KD, we have no idea. What would you do? You know, what what, what would be your? Th- how would you attack it? Because you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, should the Warriors kind of even rest Stephen Draymond and and don't go all out to to make the postseason? Just kind of if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But from a free agency and draft perspective, like how are you looking at tactics if you're Warriors management? I mean, they're in a real tough spot. Let's just assume you re-sign both guys. You know, you're you're not in a position to really fill out the roster with anything other than minimum guys. And let's just be honest with the guys that are already there, as great as Steph is, as great as Draymond is, 
that's not going to be enough to make it through an 82-game season. So if that's what you're starting out with, I mean, you're probably not going to make the playoffs anyways, even if they go all out. Uh, and, you know, may not necessarily be the worst thing in the world, considering for five straight years these guys have been going – I mean, to the max, all the way, playing longer than anybody else for the most part. And, I mean, they basically played almost a full season and a half after that. You know, it's 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 brutal on these guys' bodies. So it's not like the craziest thing. I mean, you wouldn't give these guys a full year off or anything like that. But, you know, you're, you're not going to push them as hard as you would. That would kind of be my game plan. And the thing is, even if one of these guys leaves, you're still not in a position to really fill that roster, you know, out. It's not like if KD leaves, okay, cool, we're going to have a ton of cap space. That's not how it works. Uh, so that's going to – it's a, just a tough, tough spot. But at the same time, you know, it, it it could be a little bit of a blessing in the sense of we can take our foot off the gas a little bit. We can develop our younger guys. Um, people were talking – you guys were talking about Quinn Cook before I got on. You know, you can take time to develop him, Alfonso McKenney. Um, if you bring back Looney and, and, and work on Looney's game, it's, 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 it's not the worst thing in the world. And I think, you know, I don't think the dynasty's over. I just think, you know, this, this is kind of one of those things where we'll be like, okay, well, they, they ended up having to take a year off, but for the most part, they came back stronger. And, and, and that's something I wouldn't be surprised to see. So Mo, we've, we've talked about this in private, uh, but let's assume uh, just one of them comes back. Let's assume Clay comes back. Uh, the Warriors will still be over the cap, but they'll be under the tax, which means they have kind of the full med- mid-level, and they can do a little more. Um, I want your opinion. What what kind of player or what players should they be looking at to bring in? Obviously, they need to start hitting on draft picks at a higher rate, uh, but I assume you haven't gotten into every prospect at that level. I'm, I'm talking more NBA players. Who would you be looking at with like a mid-level exception for this team? who you're hoping I mean, can stay for like beyond next year and can be a contributing force for two to three years with the team. Yeah. You know, I think I would start to, it's, it's, you got to start looking at guys. Um, you know, you want to look for like a, a, a relatively younger guy, some with, with some experience in the league. Um, I don't think you could get him at this number, but like a Terrence Ross would be phenomenal for this team. Uh, you, you know, those types of guys, James Ennis on the lower end, um, maybe you split the mid-level up between two guys and, you know, you give Ennis some of it and, and uh, I can't even think about who would be the next piece, but uh, you know, I think you, you, you got to look right now, wing depth shooting and somebody that can defend. And, you know, it'd be somebody that's relatively younger, have some years of experience, but not, I don't think if you can go and sign a, a Rudy Gay that's been around, example. yeah, like Rudy Gay. Like I, I, I don't see it for Rudy Gay in the sense of, especially if this year is going to be the year I think it's going to be. I don't even know if Rudy Gay would want to do that for a year, considering he's he, he's running out of clock. Like he, he, his time's running. So I think you get a younger guy, you know, and 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 have him kind of learn the system within this year, and and you know, start working on skills that you know you might need. But we all know like we saw, need a little more shooting and need some more defense. You know, those are the things everybody wants anyways. Um, so I think that's kind of the guys. Like Terrence Ross would be interesting if you can get him for the full mid-level. I'm not sure if that's viable with how much money's out there. there, there he might get overpaid somewhere else. 
Um, I think you might look at a guy like James Ennis as a guy who you can bring in and, and have wing defender and hit the corner three. I thought he played pretty well for the Sixers in the playoffs. I thought Houston missed him, you know, and, and they certainly could have used him against you guys uh, in their second round series. So I think those are kind of the guys I would target if, if, if that's the case. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to switch uh, while we have you. You're, you're obviously down in Los Angeles. Um, the Lakers uh, made a trade of sorts, it appears. I haven't heard. Really? <laughs> uh, give me your thoughts on that and kind of where you see them standing. Obviously, there's a lot of variables in play, like, you know, they only have four players on the roster right now. <laughs> uh, Do they really? It's. I mean, you saw how many players they traded. Like who? Who's there? There's uh, DJ Bengo is there. Yeah, there's a uh, Bengo Wagner uh, or Bengo. Wagner. Sorry. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Mo, who's who's Bengo? Isaac. We, we, we should try, try to figure, figure this out. All show. Isaac Bonga is. It's Isaac Bonga. He, he actually, I think maybe he played like one or two games all year. I don't have enough on him. I know he played a lot in the D League and a lot in summer league and. You know, as Laker fans go, they got really excited about him. Uh, that's about all I got they for you. I don't have any any further intel about that. They saw a grainy YouTube clip and then just proclaimed him the next Kawhi or something. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but you know, the 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 most important thing for the this Laker team after this trade is obviously, as you said, they only have four guys on the roster. They got to figure out how they're going to fill this roster out. Um, depending on the timing of the trade, they. And the way it's been reported, they may not have another max slot, which is what we kind of thought they would have yesterday. Yesterday we thought, oh, wow, they're going to get a Kemba, a Kyrie, or, or, or Jimmy Butler and have a big three. Now they're in a situation where they're probably looking at 23 to $27 million and they got to go find some guys. And, and, you know, they can't do what they did last year. they got to go get shooters and guys that can defend, not guys that have cute defensive reputations, any guys that actually will defend. So, you know, they're, this is the toughest thing with, with when you kind of cap out and put a ton of money in your top-tier guys, right? You guys saw that with the Warriors. When I was with the Clippers, we could just never find that extra piece beyond Blake, CP, and DJ, um, and, and JJ. Like, we just could never find that fifth guy we needed. And it's hard, and it's challenging. And the thing is, this is a very inexperienced front office, so it's going to be something we're going to have to keep an eye on. You know, Are they going to be able to get in the race and, and chase after Seth Curry? Are they going to be able to try to get after J.J. Redick? Are they, Do you, you know, think they even know Redick? that they need a Seth Curry or a J.J. Redick? <laughs> I, I, I don't think they know that, but uh, <laughs> we're going to find out, man. It's going to be an interesting it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they got to figure out how to fill out this roster and they got to fill it out with guys that are going to help LeBron and Davis. And, you know, unless they find a way to clear that space to get the third max guy, you know, they're going to have to add a bunch of pieces. And those are the guys that you, we see it. They win your playoff series. Um, so they're, they're going to have to find a way to figure out if, if Rudy gave the guy for them, they're going to have to figure out who, who I think a lot of guys are going to want to come. Question is, they got to figure out who they want and, and who fits best with LeBron and AD. So, um, you know, I'll be honest, if they run it back to the guys they had last no way. it's going to be a disaster. That they would won't. be hilarious. But it, 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 it would be, it would be kind of comical, and I'm sure you two guys would have a, a couple of good nights on Twitter because of it. 
<laughs> uh, it's going to be a long season for us, though, Mo. Um, just a long season for the, the Warriors. Center. You got the chase center now. At least you get to get dazzled by the lights. I think. I think it's. Uh, it's, it's a lot less dazzling when it's uh, Steph and three G leaguers. Yeah, um, I think. But it's, hopefully, it doesn't get there. It's just what you say to Joe Lacob. It's like, hey, you still have the chase center, aka you're still going to make a lot of millions of dollars. But for the uh, for the on court, it's uh, not going to be as pretty, perhaps. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's get you out of here, Mo, with one more. Um, I know you're not a Warriors guy necessarily, but I wanted to get your favorite moment of you know this Warrior season, um, or or really maybe any part of the last five years um, of the finals runs. Man, I mean, this team's been very impressive. I actually think my favorite was Game Six against Houston, just because you know they they stayed in this game all night long. You know, Curry had a terrible first half had a goose egg you know they and then just kind of explodes in the second half then they run the the pick and roll and draymond's diamond out of that first curry you know back to curry on a handoff then he's driving down in a layup or finding iguodala for a three i think that was one of my favorite moments of uh you know the the, the playoff run from this warriors was just kind of this game six and a, and a game that really felt like you know this we need this one and we need this badly um you know and it was it was a big kind of confidence booster i think the rest of the way um and everybody sort of felt like okay we're all right um you know going into the conference final so that 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 was probably my uh most fun moment of the 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 warriors playoffs this year thank you uh you guys that's mo dockhill um contributes to washington post founder of jumpball.net and one of the best follows uh if you're interested in the nba mo thanks for coming on oh thanks for having me guys so now that's how you that's how you talk about someone's good right there <laughs> you know you know it's interesting um uh, everyone kind of goes to that game six in houston and i would agree that was one of my favorite games over the last five years doesn't it feel like it was seasons ago to you Andy like so much has happened since then uh and it was less than five weeks ago it was May 10th it happened on May 10th it is June 16th (laughs) it did feel like it was a year ago like it it felt like a different season it felt like a different team and like that that game now looking back on it does really it really became the epitome of like it really showed what the Warriors are capable of from a mental perspective that they could do that and once we saw that like what we saw against Portland what we saw against Toronto with what happened like is less surprising because man like this team they they coasted through the finals the last two years outside of the outside of the Houston series which they won in seven but they they never like they had great heart they had great you know great talent all of that but they never had to necessarily show it they, they showed backs, all of it they had their backs against the wall yeah and they showed all of it um, Kerr keeps talking about the character of the group and I mean if anyone's questioning the toughness or character of this group after what we've seen over the last month don't even bother arguing with them that's kind of where I'm at with it yeah yeah like this season is like don't don't care about what anybody else has to say because you look at you see that story sam about kevin durant facetiming clay when clay got hurt that was a great story i did yeah it was one of those and and the story goes they they 
you know, right right when Clay got hurt, you know, KD kind of hit him up and said, hey, like, I know how you're feeling. We're going to come back. Now, you can read into this how you will. He was like, hey, we're going to come back. We got unfinished business, blah, blah, blah. But I think that type of bonding is something that you get during the toughest times, right? Like you, your bond with someone, your connection with someone goes stronger, obviously when you win, but also when you go through the tough times, if you can make it out of it. And I think that's what's happened to the Warriors in the last week. Yeah, in many ways, they, they went through that in 2016, yep. losing to the Cavs. Uh, but KD wasn't a part of that. And now going through this, uh, they've gone through it a second time, this time with KD. And, um, I mean, they're, they're just a tough bunch. There's no other way around it. Um, which they get underrated for. Uh, because a lot of the times people look at the Warriors and they're like, four All-Stars, five All-Stars, you know, this is a, this is a and, and people Team think USA. toughness is, a, yeah. is an outward bravado. Yeah. It's not an internal thing. Like, Clay Thompson, one of the toughest players in the NBA. I don't know how anyone could say it. And no one, no one would have said that probably before. You're outside of Warrior fans, yeah. I don't think he gets that credit nationally for his toughness. Yeah. Playing through injury, playing hard, always wanting to play, walking out on a torn ACL and making free throws. I mean, that's, that's absurd. And then telling Steve Kerr, give me two minutes. I'll be back in. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's a better way to sum him up, you know? That's fantastic. And you look at Kevin Durant, right? Um, let's go down the line. You look at Kevin Durant, who fought back over a month of injury from his calf to play for 10 minutes you know, and, and tearing that Achilles. And, and maybe he knew of it. Maybe he didn't. Doesn't matter. The fact that he played through it and was willing to put his body on this line for the team, for the championship, for the franchise, he didn't have to do it. I don't think anybody would have would have been mad about it, especially if, you know, the report came out that he would have re-injured himself. Nobody would have been mad, but he came out and did it anyway. So that's Kevin Durant. You got Steph, who has a finger that is so swollen that he has a bandage on it through the entire playoffs, right? It could, uh, sorry, Boogie, who tore his quad on like the first. I thought he was done. Yeah. And then he comes yeah. back and they absolutely need him the whole rest of the way. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I mean, his injury was seven injuries ago that we almost forgot about it. Ah. You know, you forget that he, um, he, he tore that quad in, in round one. What was that game two or game three? Oh. Um, and it's almost like game two. Yeah. They've had, you know, they had eight injuries since then that you forget that that was during the playoffs as well. Yeah. Looney. Looney tearing cartilage and playing through it. Um, let's keep let's keep going. Yeah, it's it's it. Andre Godala, right? He had that calf injury where he pulled up lame, and you know Andre Godala. He's always playing through something. His body's breaking down to a point that he can't even play a regular season anymore, right? Like I don't think he's gonna play any more than he did this season next year, right? They just he just can't, and he played through it. Um, it reminded me of 2016 when Iguodala was limping up and down the floor trying to guard uh, LeBron James. This is what he looked like trying to guard Kawhi Leonard, right? This is a whole team of guys that's played an, over an extra season and a half just in the postseason itself uh, against the rest of the league. And we're talking about a rest of the league that's gotten progressively better since 2015, 2014, right? Have gotten to a point where they model themselves after the Warriors and some teams even play better than the Warriors that same style so it's just it, it kind of speaks to the uh uh the the mental toughness bravado that this team has and i think we'll have let's talk about that i think they will have that same toughness uh ability to kind of come back uh next season absolutely by the way do you know how many games they played in the playoffs the last hit me 104 wow 
Five years? The last five, five seasons? Years, yeah. Only oh. one of the five playoff runs that they play under 20 games in the playoffs. And when you think about wow. it, I mean, to go four rounds, 20 games is getting through every round in five games. So wow. it was just that one year they swept everyone yeah. that they played less than 20. Yeah. Um, and in the playoffs, every key player is going 38 minutes, 40 yeah. minutes, 42. Yeah. I mean, at the end of it, Steph and Draymond were going 45, 46 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Kerr was buying them any rest he could. Um, and Steph was tired. Steph was exhausted. And banged up. Yeah, and banged up. And these are also not like minutes where you can, in the regular season, you know, you got guys. Yep, exactly. You got guys resting all regular season, right? These are not regular season minutes. This is, you are mentally and physically pushed to like the maximum exertion of what you can provide. And, And they did that for over 100 games in five years. Like, you can't ask for anything more than that. And they still had enough to get to the end. Like I say, I'm like, if Clay Thompson had played the rest of the series, they had enough to win that series. Like, they still had enough to win. It wasn't like they got blown off the doors off of them. We've seen the Lakers get blown off, right, like by the Pistons. We've seen the, the Heat get destroyed by the Spurs, right? So they didn't get blown off. They fought all the way to the end and still barely lost. Yeah. Uh, if you want to join us, we got, we got clear phone lines for the next 10, 15 minutes. Uh, call in 888-957-9570. Or text into the Chilton Auto Body text line, 95795. All right, last 10 minutes. Where do we go from here, Sam? Favorite moments of the run. Oh, Let's here's do that. Here, here, we'll, we'll go to that. Okay. What about the dub signing Mello? Does he have anything left? And would he be a good fit on offense? We want to develop young players, but oh, is it too Lord. much to ask Curry and Green? <laughs> to run, to run, is it too much to ask Curry and Green to want a Warriors basketball camp all year? <laughs> okay, the end of that is hilarious. Well done, and he does have a point. They can't just run out for you know ten, twenty-one year olds with with just um, Steph and Draymond. But um, I don't think Carmelo Anthony is the answer. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony has never been the answer. Okay, thirty-six-year-old Mello, definitely not the answer though. Uh, but I like where the heads at. They do need scoring some way or another next year. Uh, yeah. Um, Damian Lee, I think, is what the people like. Terrence Ross, Mo threw out Terrence Ross. That's not a bad one. Yeah, I like he can, that he one. Can, he can get hot. He can shoot. Terrence, Terrence Ross, Dion Waiters, just throw some guys in there that'll chuck the ball right. Like they're not afraid to shoot it. They're not afraid to like, just bring some energy. I think the Warriors looked for energy this year. They never got it right. They never got energy. They never got any type of youthful exuberance or whatever. I from think, the, the I think they were looking for a lot of guys who could play around the core, but we saw once the core went down, these were players in over their head. If asked to do more than like, you know, Jarebko crash for an offensive rebound or McKinney crash for an offensive rebound here or there, or, Quinn Cook hit an open shot. You know, it's a lot easier next to KD, Clay, and Draymond to do that than when you have to do that next to Steph and no one else. Yeah, it's true. First time hearing you guys from the 209. Great show. Look at that, Sam. Look at that. I believe we got something from the 415 earlier that asked if Sam is related to Antonio Svendiari. That is two for two in the last two weeks <laughs> that has been asked. Sam, do you want to respond? Uh, we got Susan on line one. <laughs> Susan from San Francisco. She wants to talk about the training and medical staff. Susan, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys? Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you, too. 
<laughs> so I just think something that doesn't really get talked about a lot, and there's been quite a bit of drama behind the scenes, if you know any of the trainers or medical staff over the years, um, from the firing of the first trainer after the they won the first championship, the day after the parade, they cleared everybody out, and they brought in some other people, and Chelsea left after last year, they've got Celebrini in there. And with the whole new Kaiser agreement, I don't, I haven't seen anybody cover that in great detail. Wow. I haven't heard it on the radio being covered in great detail about the whole new deal that the Warriors sold for $300 million to Kaiser for advertising rights. And they have the rights for the whole medical staff, and they've never even overseen a professional elite team. So there's a lot we've got to consider happening, what happened with Clay and Andre and Durant and all of the injuries, and now we've got a whole new medical staff to contend with. So I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Wow. Susan from San Francisco, thanks for calling in. Coming in with the the insider knowledge there. Yeah, I mean, nobody talks about this stuff. Well, it's It's hard to talk about. Teams keep medical staff information pretty private, and there's there's some some privacy laws related to that too. Obviously, you can't. HIPAA? Yes. I mean, no one's going to put. Uh, Kevin Durant or Clay's medical records out to um, writers, for example. So there's there's always that. Um, I do agree. It's something I'm kind of curious about, especially when you see the way the season went. You just kind of want to know, is there something they could have done, or was this just a culmination of too much basketball over the last five years? Um, so, okay, a couple of thoughts here. Uh, the Chelsea Lane, Marcus Thompson wrote a great piece. Um, Chelsea Lane... Uh, Left the Warriors last season, uh, I think just because Joe Lacob didn't want to pay uh, her uh, or give her the title that she wanted. Um, I believe Bob Myers just said, producer Carl in my ear, just said that Rick Celebrini is going to be is going to be staying. So he will be the trainer or whatever he is and, and uh, to next the, season. To the Kaiser point, I did see that, but I thought that was a corporate sponsorship. It's I, I didn't see anything related to them taking over the medical. Okay, um, okay so the, with those things being said... Um, I think when you are the Warriors, they also lost in the last few years. Uh, Sammy Galfond, I believe, who is the uh, analytics head. They've lost a lot of people. Um, who is the uh, Hawks GM now? Travis Schlenk. Uh, Travis Schlenk, uh, who also took Chelsea Lane. Right. So I think uh, Jerry West as well, because, uh, again, Joe Lickham didn't want to pay him. So, so it is kind of an interesting yep. point. We're, we've spent three hours talking about how they need to replenish the roster. Um when you are kind of the team everyone wants to be, your front office starts getting poached too. You know, Travis Schlenk uh, got a GM position at another team, which he was always going to get. And, you know, people from the Warriors start going to other teams. So maybe it's time we start wondering, you know, how are they going to replenish the front office? Yeah. I mean, there's there's just only so – they're losing a lot of talent without gaining some of it back, at least not from what we've seen. And this, by the way, is something that the Spurs are probably best known for because how many assistants or front office people have the Spurs lost over this entire run? You yeah. know, I mean, Sam Presti was an assistant GM. Now he's the uh, GM of the Thunder. Um, you know, Budenholzer was Pop's head assistant. And those are just the obvious ones. God knows about medical and all those other staffs. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think the Warriors are, are to a point where maybe some of these are starting to affect them. 
Maybe some of these things are maybe it's on the margins, right? They still have Steph, Steph, KD. If they had won, if they, those guys were healthy, they would have won the title straight up. So you know, maybe these things don't don't matter in the the big, big, big picture. But I think when it's small things like Skystar getting hurt or the bench players aren't that great or you don't see much on the horizon, that's to, to be very excited about. I think that's when it starts to matter because hey, KD's injured even if he comes back clay thompson's going to be out for most of the year and now what do you do right um now who are the guys that you're supposed to develop now what's going to happen when you've got steph andy and sam as the starting you know backcourt going in a chase center not just, great just steph and a bunch of screen setters i'll set him a screen you know take he could take four with them you know i still miss a layup but it's okay i'll get out there <laughs> sorry for that andy just had to <laughs> Oh, all right. So we've just got a few minutes left here. Um, Ooh, piece of candy. We got the draft coming up next week. Um, I feel like once you start watching your team go late into June every year, you stop paying attention to the draft uh, in the way that you you pay attention to it when your team's not good. And you have two months of, you know, looking at highlights online, seeing what players might or might not be good. So uh, I know Andy doesn't have any thoughts on who the Warriors should draft. I also don't, but I'm going to be curious to see because if there's one thing they could have used, it's having either of their last two draft picks be production rotation players, and they're really going to need whoever they get this year to be someone who can contribute in some way. Yeah, I mean, everyone, everybody wants a 3 and D player, and those guys are impossible to come by. Um, and, yeah, if they were that easy, who... they wouldn't be in as high of demand. Yeah. If everyone could find, uh, you know, Clay Thompson, he wouldn't be a automatic max player even with a torn yeah. ACL. No, exactly. But you know, and if you if like Landry Shamit, right? I think that's a guy that that was drafted um, in the late twenties, yeah, yeah. mid twenties, and, and he's he's going to be a very good NBA player. Like he's not going to be Clay Thompson, you don't think, but he's going to be someone that's you know he's gonna someone be who able could, to play. Yeah, you look at some of the players the Warriors were using at the end of the rotation after the injuries, and, and you think, man, what if they'd have got a Landry Shamit in the draft because he could have played? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, text line is just out of control. 209, one-month listener, Let's Draft Bobo, who I believe is going to be a lottery pick, right? Like what? Um, um, he Well, he has a torn ACL. So he was oh, wow. supposed to be a lottery pick, and because of that, he's going to probably fall in the draft. I don't know that the Warriors yeah, have man. the luxury of yeah. having an injured guy, even if he is a high-ceiling guy. Don't be the Niners. Don't be the Trent Baalke Niners. We don't, we don't need that. <laughs> it never works out. Um, the 650 clarifies Stanford Healthcare designated official physicians for the Golden State Warriors. Kaiser is a corporate sponsor. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, we've just got random random text line. Show an auto body text line guys confirming for us. I love that. By the way, the text line gets even better. 415. What about Timofey Mozgov for center? Just, I think it's, it's like they know it's time for us to get out of here. Yeah. They, they know. The 408. What about Harrison Barnes? <laughs> oh, did you see the, the Anthony Randolph? Did you see the Anthony Randolph one? Yeah. He's shooting 40% from three in like the Greek league or something. How about that, Sam? The blast from the past. So no clay next year, but we got Anthony Randolph. It's all good. <laughs> it just gets better. Um, all right. So I believe we're, I, I, I believe we're off uh, next week. Uh, we'll be in the week after that to talk about the draft and whatever else is going out for the off season. Um, happy Father's Day to everyone. I'd like to give a shout out to my dad. Um, great guy. He would have loved the effort that the Warriors have showed. Um, so salute to my dad. 
Uh, I will see you soon. I love you. Rest in peace. Uh, Warriors World, Andy Liu, Samus Fendiari. See you soon. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com. 